Hey everybody, it's your girl Christina Royster, host of the Young Black Independent Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. You can also rate and review the show. I really appreciate that. And you can always follow on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. Today's episode will be pretty thought-provoking. Um, you know, the last episode I talked a lot about police brutality and there wasn't much of a structure to the episode, just a free dialogue. So if you haven't listened to Warzone, go check that out. But today's episode, um, I've got some music, some movies, some news, everything all into one. So stay tuned. All right, before I do put y'all on, I should probably give a life update. I tested positive for COVID-19 and um, yeah, it's just crazy. Like amidst everything else going on in the world, I got coronavirus. It's crazy. Um, This is how it happened. Basically, I started feeling um, symptoms. I thought it was my allergies. Honestly, I had a crazy sinus headache. Um, My nose was runny one minute then stuffy the next minute. I didn't have a fever and I didn't have, you know, body aches specifically, but I felt that way and I still hung out around my boyfriend and his family and my mom and my brother. So I'm sorry. I definitely gave it to them. But, um, you know, I truly thought it was allergies. Like I, that's the problem. Like we're opening back the country back up, but people are still getting it. And I guess we're just going to keep getting it. It's going to keep spreading. But, um... You know, it was Memorial Day. Everybody was out. No mask. The sun is out. Everybody's feeling like just forgetting about coronavirus. And so a couple of days later, I lost my sense of taste and smell. That's what really worried me. And my mom was like, well, that could happen with allergies, too. And I was like, you know what? Just to be safe, I'm going to just get tested. So I started feeling sick May 25th. I got tested May 30th. By June 3rd, they told me that I was positive. And I just really couldn't believe it when she called me. I like was in shock and not even listening to a word she was saying on the phone. But then I um, talked to my doctor, you know, shout out to technology and telemedicine for stepping up to the plate because I definitely wouldn't be able to get to my doctor an hour away. Um, I got the test at a um, urgent care, by the way. I know a lot of places require a referral from your doctor. This place did not. Um, some places won't test you unless you fall into a certain category, but this place was testing everybody and it was a drive-through clinic. So they could just come out to your car and swab your nose if anybody is interested in getting tested. But anyways, um, my doctor basically told me, you know, stay home for 10 days. Um, I wasn't really prepared for that. So I have like no groceries right now. (laughs) I don't even have any ramen. Like I'm ordering food and I don't know about you guys, but when I get like DoorDash or Uber Eats, I usually just try to meet them out at the door because I live in an apartment building. Like for you to come all the way up to the fifth floor and bring it to my door is a hassle. But now it's mandatory. Like I cannot leave my house. I can't go to the grocery store. I can't go to the park. So just keep me in your thoughts and prayers because I mean, I only have a couple days left of quarantine because apparently the CDC changed it from 14 days to 10 days. I don't know. Look, if I started to feel sick, Memorial Day, that's like two weeks ago. So uh, keep me in your thoughts and prayers. But let's do, uh, what's it called? Put y'all on. <laughs> oh my God, it's my podcast and I forgot. Let's do put y'all on. For some reason, I almost said full house. I don't know what, I don't know what that was. My put y'all on this week is Kin, K-I-N, by Christine. That's Christine with a K. So it's Kin, K-I-N, 
by Christine with a K. Um, this is basically a plus size clothing brand. It's black owned. And I'm really excited about that because, you know, now that Black Lives Matter is in the headlines, everybody's out protesting, everybody's finally coming to terms with racism in America. It only took 200 years. Um, I keep seeing these lists circulate of like um, black owned businesses and everybody's like, we're only shopping black from now on. I have to be real with you guys. I don't know how realistic that is because, you know, I'm in a group chat and people were talking about like, okay, where's the black owned produce? Where's the black owned grocery stores? It's kind of hard to switch every single aspect of your life to black owned. It's not impossible, but I appreciate these lists circling around because, um, especially the state specific ones, because, you know, ordering online and everything is great. But as I learned with this damn coronavirus, I was gonna do grocery delivery and they're so backed up. They couldn't give me a delivery date from like five days out. So, um, you know, I want to just know like what, black owned businesses are around in my neighborhood that I can just, you know, frequent. But for now, if you need some plus size clothing, sizes 14 to 26, check out Kin by Christine. I I actually saw her on on TikTok. My friend Brianna shared uh, her TikTok with me and the pieces were just so cute on her. I was like, I have to go check this out. Now it is a little pricey, but plus size clothing, if you're in this world like me, you know that it usually is like fashion to figure, Lane Bryant, it's normally expensive. And my mom tells me that plus size clothing is expensive because it's more fabric. So it costs the designer more to make it. I don't know if that's true or if they're just trying to scam fat people. But um, I think that her clothing, it looks really worth it. It's real. She has this like cute black and white curvy tee. It says like C-R-V-Y. It's like curvy. Super cute. So check out Kin by Christine. That's my put y'all on. All right, so before the episode goes on, I have to say happy birthday, happy 27th birthday to Brianna Taylor. She would have been 27 on June 5th. And, you know, a lot of people are saying Brianna Taylor's story is getting lost. We can't forget about Brianna Taylor because there haven't been any charges um, in her case as of um, today's June 6th. I'm recording this. There haven't been any charges. Um, and I feel like. A lot of the headlines in major media companies, even my job included, have kind of called them like the George Floyd protests. Please don't forget this. We're not just protesting for George Floyd. We're protesting for police brutality as a whole. So the decades of this happening. Um, I mean, I was going to reference Emmett Till, but he I don't think he died at the hands of police, but the police probably didn't treat him any nicely, nicely either. But um don't forget about Breonna Taylor. Don't forget about Sandra Bland, Atiana Jefferson, all the women who have also died at the hands of police. Um, I feel like black men have kind of become the face of the Black Lives Matter movement. But the thing is, it's all black lives. Um, children, Tamir Rice. Everyone's like, oh, why is Nickelodeon playing eight minutes of silence for George Floyd during during children's prime time? My kids don't need to see this. Well, guess what? Black kids learn about racism since birth so white kids can stand eight minutes of silence for george floyd on nickelodeon shut the fuck up (laughs) so happy birthday brianna taylor um we're thinking about you we're praying for you and we hope that you get justice too um now i wanted to start this discussion off by talking about brands and the real question is are brands doing enough right now are brands saying enough is 
it a brand's job to even be an activist? Um, the one example that I keep going back to is like, this is a bad example, but let's say you're like Jif peanut butter or Skippy peanut butter, which George Washington Carver invented peanut butter. So you better care about black people, but let's say it's your job to sell peanut butter. And then riots break out, looting, fire, protesting, the whole nine yards. And you're like, hmm, should we say something? But it's not about peanut butter. So should we even say anything? Or should we just throw that out the window and be humans and say Black Lives Matter? You know, that's what brands are dealing with right now, right? So some brands I wouldn't even expect anything from. But here we are. Every single brand has put out a statement And I don't know what this means to you guys, but it is kind of weird that every brand is kind of saying the same thing, doing the white text on the black background, even the same aesthetic. Like, it seems like these brands just copied and pasted um, a statement. And a lot of the statements are a little bit hollow. Um, A lot of them are just, you know, we're standing in solidarity equality we need to listen as a nation and a community and they're hitting the right buzzwords right but some and this is the perfect example of number one a brand that you wouldn't expect to speak out and number two um they're not sugarcoating it they're not saying oh let's stop let's stop racism no ben and jerry's period ben and jerry said listen we need to end white supremacy they said what the fuck they said. They said white supremacy. And also, you would think that it's weird coming from an ice cream company, but really it's not because if you really paid attention, you would know that Ben & Jerry's been about that life. They've been fall for equality for Native Americans, LGBTQ. Ben & Jerry's is about that life. They've been about that. And that's what happens. It's not hard for a brand to pivot when that's already baked into your culture, Right. Other brands are scrambling right now. I sat in on a webinar called The Brand as Activist, and the president for Color of Change was on the webinar, and he was like, I got all these brands calling me right now trying to figure out what to do. That's sad. You wouldn't have to try to figure out what to do if you already had black people at the table, already part of the conversation. Now, one of the brands that's getting a lot of praise right now is Nike, because Nike was one of the first people to do it. Nike has been supporting Colin Kaepernick and his protest and um, taking a knee for, what, four years now? And so it's expected that Nike put out a statement pretty early on during the the, um, protest during this current season. And, um, you know, they did the the white text on the black background with the piano music. And their slogan was, for once, don't do it. And that's a play on their their, uh, slogan, just do it. They said, for once, don't do it. And then it keeps going on and on and on. And finally, we get to the root of the problem, racism. So Nike mentions racism in this ad, right? But an article that I read kind of pointed out the fact that they didn't really mention black lives or police brutality. And I mean, I applaud brands for saying anything at all. Kudos to you. But we can't sugarcoat it. The real... The real deal is that black people are dying because of racist police officers. Now, yeah, there's regular racist citizens, 
But then there's also police. And we're specifically mad about the police because you're supposed to protect and serve, right? You're supposed to be in a position of authority and you're abusing it. So we need brands to mention police brutality, period. We need brands to mention Black Lives Matter. But at the same time, like these brands, mostly white owned, for them to even say anything about police brutality, do you think that they genuinely mean it or do you think that it's lip service? Working in media and working in marketing, I know for a fact it's probably lip service. They're probably like, oh, we got to say something quick because everybody else saying something. Let's let's say something too. But I hope that after that initial post, they actually think about, um, you know, what they can do to actually help the movement. I know there's Google Docs going around of um, which brands have said something, check. Which brands have donated something, check. Should we cancel them? If you want to cancel your favorite brand for not saying anything, go right ahead. But um, it's hard to keep up right now because everybody's like, hmm, did Pretty Little Thing say something? Mm, did Fashion Nova say something? Because they the main ones that bite off of black people. So Nike, they had better just said something because black people run Nike. And Jordan Brand put out a statement as well. But I wanted to read you guys this little passage from The Atlantic. Um, I'm not going to read you the whole article. But the article is called Brands Have Nothing Real to Say About Racism. And the author is Amanda Mull. And this was published June 3rd, June 3rd in The Atlantic. So I'm just going to scroll down to this one paragraph here because this really got to me. First of all, she said, brands are not our friends. And I think that's something that people are coming to terms with now. People are upset their favorite celebrity didn't say anything or their favorite influencer isn't, isn't getting the bigger picture of Black Lives Matter. Sweetie. What did you expect? These people feel like idols. These people feel like gods. These people are rich and you're not. So I think it was Lil Mama who said that celebrities right now are identifying with rich people, not black people. They're forgetting that they're black. Um, except Jackie Ina. Jackie Ina, she the shit. Um, but you know, first this article starts by saying brands are not our friends. They just play that best friend role because a couple years ago they realized, oh, marketing is taking a twist. People don't want stuff just, just shoved in their face and sold to them. They want somebody on Twitter acting like a friend. Cue Wendy's. Um, so let me just read this little. Basically, she says, historically, companies hoping to sell you cleaning products or sweatpants didn't feel the need to share their thoughts on racism, disaster, or nas- national tragedy. Waiting into divide vice of topics was considered needlessly risky as Michael Jordan once joked about um you know he said that republicans buy sneakers too so that apolitical approach changed as social media took off and marketing molded to fit in so if you're going to try to play off of black memes and black tiktok dances and and try to fit in on twitter you need to go where the conversation is going the the popular phrase right now is read the room right <laughs> If you're still posting about your lip gloss and you're not even reading the room and realizing, hey, let's take a pause, um, you're missing the point. And anybody who says all lives matter, I'm not saying any brands have said this, but this just came to my attention. I saw a meme, and you've probably seen it too, where somebody was like, a cartoon stick figure was like bent down helping another stick figure who was like, oh, my legs, I broke my legs. And this guy was like, hey, call for help. And the other guy was like, well, what about my legs? You're standing. You're fine. You're walking. His leg's broken. That's the whole point of all lives matter. What about my legs? Like, shut the fuck up. 
Jesus. If you haven't seen that meme, please check that meme out. Um, but yeah, that's just my question to you guys. Like, do you feel like brands are doing enough? Do you think a little posting a black square is enough? Or do you think they need to donate? Do you think they need to? And I, I'm, I'm loving... I'm loving everything that's going on right now. I'm loving the marches. I'm loving the protests. I'm loving the posts and everything. But my question is, when will this die down? And what will happen when it does? You know, Twitter put in their um, bio, hashtag Black Lives Matter. But how long are they going to keep that in their bio? When is everybody going to slowly change their profile pictures back to normal? You know what I'm saying? And when that happens, are we just going to never talk about this again? And there's a lot of brands, this is exactly what I'm talking about, like, is it genuine or is it lip service? Because science is, I mean, science, what I meant was silence is compliance. So it's better to say something than nothing at all. But some brands, I don't even want to hear from you. I know that shit fake. Just like Drew Brees, one season you're taking a knee with your teammates and now you're saying, oh, I'm always stand for the flag. I stand for what the, the flag means. These protests have nothing to do with the national anthem or the flag, so you're an idiot. You're canceled. But um, some brands, NFL, you're, you're going to fire Colin Kaepernick, blackball him so he can never find a job again, and then on Blackout Tuesday post Black Lives Matter. Are you dumb? Are you d- 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 dumb? <laughs> like, you have to be dumb. Nobody's believing you. You should have just kept your mouth shut. Or let's, Chicago Blackhawks. You're going to post Black Lives Matter, but in the same breath, have that as your name? That racist-ass Chicago Blackhawks name? We've been begging you to change the name and the logo for years, and you won't. Native Americans are pissed. So you're going to say, Black Lives Matter, but not Native Americans? Shut up. Just shut up. Um, and, and going back to Twitter, putting that in your bio. Twitter is a breeding ground for misinformation and neo-Nazis, white supremacists. And they can spread that all day long, but you're going to say Black Lives Matter. We need to rein, we need to, we need to control this social media. We need to rein that shit in. I understand free speech, but some groups should not exist. There should not be white supremacist groups on Facebook. Get it together. Um, and you know, there's other brands that spoke out too, where I'm just like scratching my head, like next door, that app where your neighbors can like tell you what's going on in the neighborhood. That app has basically singled out black people. Now, concerned Karens and Connors are going on the next door app saying, oh, suspicious black man in the neighborhood. Everybody watch out. And then you're going to post Black Lives Matter. Y'all need to do something about your app um, and spreading false information and spreading uh, racial bias. I digress. Look, brands, I appreciate y'all speaking out. Kudos. But um, I need to see what are y'all doing next? What are the next steps? Because Nike... For you to be one of the first people hitting the ground running, putting out an ad, that's awesome. But if we take a look at the numbers, your executive board is only like 10% people of color. So, and that was, that was last year's data. Where's the data this year? I want to see the receipts. Um, yeah, so that's my conversation on brands. Now, let's rewind. I briefly mentioned Blackout Tuesday, I think. Um, Blackout Tuesday was really cool. So basically... Blackout Tuesday was supposed to be for the music industry. Um, Two female music executives felt that the music industry should just take a pause on that Tuesday because the multi-billion dollar music industry 
makes their money off the backs of black people, right? So they were like, hey, we're not gonna be promoting any music. We're not gonna be promoting any shows. We're gonna black out. So everybody started to post these black squares on Instagram. And that's awesome. But people were also mixing Blackout Tuesday with Black Lives Matter. People were putting hashtag Black Lives Matter, and that was kind of flooding the feeds so that if anybody was on the grounds at the protest actually looking for vital information um, about Black Lives Matter, they were being hit with just a bunch of posts of black boxes. So that, that got messy, and people should not have been using the hashtag Black Lives Matter. They should have been using the hashtag Blackout Tuesday. So a little misinformation but it was basically a movement within the movement and i appreciate the effort because a lot of people are saying this is counterproductive this also happened on a tuesday where a lot of um states were going to vote in the primaries so there was a lot going on on one day right the point is the message got across and people were talking about the same thing black lives matter no matter what so anyone saying this is counterproductive this is stupid their heart was in the right place so just shut up um, but yeah, Apple Music had a great response to Blackout Tuesday. You opened up the, the Apple Music app on Blackout Tuesday and you were hit with a black playlist. They, there was only one option. They, they shut down the For You page, they shut down the Browse page, and they only had a black playlist. And they were like, everyone's going to listen to this today. It's called For Us, By Us. The playlist is still up there if you want to check it out. Um, just, you know, a great playlist with Kendrick Lamar, NWA, The Carters. Um, I don't know if J. Cole was on there. He should have been on there. Polo G, um, Tupac, just a whole bunch of great um, songs. And, you know, music heavily, heavily, everything is touched by black culture. Matter of fact, I need the, um, I need Hollywood to take a blackout Tuesday and let's only watch black movies because people just forget that we are the culture. What's that, that saying going around? They love our culture. They don't love us. And that's the honest truth. So um, Blackout Tuesday was really cool. Speaking of music, there's some new music going around. And honestly, I don't want to call artists bandwagon, but black artists are feeling the pain of what's going on and they're coming out with songs. We had, well, Run the Jewels 4 was already in the works before all of this. So it's just perfectly timed that they, Run the Jewels normally talks about stuff like this anyway, and then they dropped their fourth album. So Run the Jewels 4 is out. Um, they've got collaborations with 2 Chains, Pharrell Williams. Um, Meek Mill put out a single called Other Side of America. Um, YG put out a song called FTP, Fuck the Police. Um, I will say not as good as NWA's version, but, you know, his heart is there. Um, also, I kind of like this song, Mr. Officer by T. Grizzly featuring Queen Nyjah, and they incorporated members of the Detroit Youth Choir. So check that song out. I really like that. It's kind of like R&B and rap put together. Um, Enough by Eric Bellinger. So the R&B people have entered the conversation. 2020 Riots, How Many Times by Trey Songs. So these are all um, new songs that are out right now, new projects. And, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody Oh, also, don't forget Brother Ash. He's been on the show before. New single Sextures is out. Um, make sure you guys take a listen to that. Really good song. Um, and it's kind, of, it's kind of weird, right? It's kind of weird that people are promoting music and clothing brands and everything else in the midst of this. But at the same time, we still have to support black artists. We still have to support black creatives. So what better time than now? So make sure you stream Sextures by Brother Ash. 
Um, but yeah, I just think that, um, you know, in the music space, um, I, I don't want to call anybody a bandwagoner, but this is just perfect timing. And I, I was just having this conversation with somebody else that hip hop kind of started off as like the party music with the, the DJs back in the eighties in the Bronx. And then it kind of had that woke moment in the nineties. Um, and then we have that like misogynistic trap music, but I think that hip hop will always be a form of storytelling and there's no better way to reach the masses than music. So I'm glad that we still have some storytellers out there. And um, that's what this is all about, right? This is all about preserving black lives and black people touch music, black people touch culinary, black people touch dance. And everybody has their own way of expressing themselves. I'm not a protester. I haven't been to any protest yet. Probably can't now that I'm sick, but I've been using my graphic design. I've been using my podcast as my voice. So don't let anybody make you feel like you're not doing enough. I mean, just posting a black square is not going to do anything. You definitely need to sign petitions and vote and donate, but don't make it, don't let anybody make you feel bad just because you're not on the front lines and you're not at a protest. If you want to write a song, if you want to do a dance, if you want to make a TikTok, I know people were saying let's cancel TikTok. Um, they've since put out a Black Lives Matter statement. I don't know. Again, is it genuine? Is it lip service? I don't know. But um, if you want to make a TikTok and use comedy to kind of express what's going on, there's no right or wrong way to express yourself right now. So just remember that. All right. I also want to talk about movies and TV. Um, I have a lot to catch up on because I, I know I've taken like a couple weeks off. Um, this is not even in regards to Black Lives Matter. This documentary it's called AKA Jane Roe. It's an FX documentary available on Hulu. Talks about the woman who started the Roe versus Wade um, court case, criminal case. It's not a criminal case. You know what I'm saying? Roe versus Wade. Her real name was Norma McCorvey. And this lady um, is what she really started the whole abortion um, conversation. And Roe versus Wade is in critical danger these days. But um, please watch this documentary because you think it's going to go one way and then it takes a completely different turn. Like people actually, I mean, I don't know if this is spoiling anything, but people actually don't realize that the woman, Norma McCorvey, that Roe vs. Wade is based on, she never actually had an abortion. She wanted an abortion and couldn't get one. So she ended up having the baby. So um, very interesting documentary. And... um. Like I said, I don't want to ruin anything, but it has some twists. I was very surprised. There's a lot of things we clearly don't know about her. So this is this documentary is kind of her deathbed confession because she died like right after they filmed it. So check that out. It's called AKA Jane Roe. It's an FX documentary available on Hulu. Um, now, while we're talking about documentaries, I also watched the two-part um, Lance Armstrong documentary on ESPN. So he kind of got the last dance treatment. Um... Not as good as The Last Dance. And let me tell you why. Lance Armstrong's an asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I watched the documentary. I wanted to hear him out. And he basically had the attitude of like, yeah, I did it. And I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Like, I mean, he basically was like, yeah, I'm sorry I did it. But I don't really believe him. I watched four hours of this man talk. And I just felt like he was just mad that he got caught. 
Um, I mean, you know, the whole cancer thing, he did have prostate cancer. He did start live strong. All of that was genuine. We need to separate the um, Lance Armstrong, the doper from Lance Armstrong, the cancer survivor, because his cancer should not be a shield for what he did in sports. Um, But also, um, we can't we can't put those two in the same in the same category. You know what I'm saying? Like he was a cancer survivor. He honestly and truly started this um, campaign. And, you know, that was genuine. But the whole doping thing, yeah, he was an asshole. I'm not going to lie. And then they had the whistleblower on the documentary, the guy who was like, I was angry that I lost, so I told on Lance. And he was like, yeah, to this day, I'm not friends with Floyd. Like, why? You're mad because he told on you? Like, what? what's the reason? So check that out if you're into sports documentaries. Um, that's on ESPN. More documentaries. I know, I've been watching a lot. I'm, I'm in the house. I can't go anywhere. So I've been watching a lot of content. Um, I will say my escape during this time has been baking shows. I love Cake Wars, Cupcake Wars, Kids Baking Championship. How do these little kids know how to make puff pastries and all that jazz? Like, they're 13. I can barely cook a freaking hamburger. Anyways, um, another documentary I've been watching, (laughs) I just went on a tangent, sorry, was um, On the Record. So this story I really didn't know much about. This this documentary is called On the Record. It's available on HBO Max. Have you guys checked out HBO Max? If you already have HBO, you basically just get upgraded to HBO Max. It's the same price. Um, and they just have like way more shows on there. This documentary was exclusively on HBO Max. It's about the story of Drew Dixon, a music A&R executive. Um, she worked at Def Jam. She worked under Russell Wilson. She accused him of um, sexual assault, raping her. Let's call it what it is, rape. Um, and this documentary really, really touched me. She accused um, Russell, Wilson, Russell Simmons and um, Teddy Riley. And this, document, this documentary... Oh, not Teddy Riley. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. L.A. Reid. Whew. Please don't put Teddy... Teddy Riley ain't do nothing. I'm sorry. Y'all got the wrong name. She accused Russell Simmons... <laughs> And L.A. Reid. And this documentary really just opened up some wounds I didn't know I had because most women will tell you they've been sexually assaulted in some way, shape, or form. And I have as well. So just, I don't know. There was a quote in the documentary and it just hit me like a bolt of lightning and I just started crying. And I talked to my mom about it. And it's a really important documentary because the Me Too movement often highlights Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, which I also watched that documentary on Netflix. Please watch that documentary. If you have any questions about Trump, Clinton, Jeffrey Epstein, watch Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich on Netflix. I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast yet, but I watched it like two weeks ago. It's uh, four parts and it just makes you feel icky. If you, if you don't have the stomach for it, don't watch it. But, um, you know, the Me Too movement kind of highlights all these white people, right? Women of color as we saw with the um, R. Kelly stories, we just get told to shut up. We just get told, oh, you was being fast or whatever. And black women are victims too. So I really appreciate this documentary. And, you know, Drew Dixon even says it, you know, people only listen to me because I'm light-skinned. What if she was a dark-skinned woman? People are more inclined to listen to her because she's light-skinned. And she said that she's using her light privilege to, you know, finally tell her story. And she, she... Everyone always says, oh, why are women coming, coming out, the, out the woodwork now? Why should she wait till now? 
she never wanted to come out at all. But she said that she saw another lady come out and she was like, all right, I can't leave her in the wind. I have to join her. So check out that documentary on the record. It's on HBO Max. Is that everything I had to talk about? Oh, no, no. Last movie, Just Mercy. Just Mercy came out like last year, but it's now available to rent for free on a couple streaming platforms. So please take the time to watch this. Um, the good news is Just Mercy is a happy, well, it's not a happy story, but it has a happy ending. So if you don't have the stomach for police brutality movies and slavery movies, I mean, this one isn't as harsh. The storytelling's really good. Um, it's a true story, obviously, about Brian Stevenson. He's still alive today. And um, Walter McMillan. Um, Brian Stevenson is portrayed by Michael B. Jordan. And Walter McMillan is portrayed by Jamie Foxx. And I was just thinking to myself, Jamie Foxx is just so talented to pull off this Alabama accent and uh, play somebody older that he's, he, I don't think he's the same age as the guy. So just so talented, just so versatile in his acting. Please check out that movie as well. Yeah, man, this week has definitely been challenging. Finding out that I have coronavirus. We're in the middle of police brutality protests. And um, I had to delete my social media apps for a day because on one hand, you want to stay informed and you want to know the latest in the case and what's going on. But on the other hand, you have to protect your mental health. So I just want to stop and say that make sure you guys are taking care of your mental health. Please pause. Social media will always be there. You can always come back to it later. Like those notifications, I'm not even worried about my notifications right now. Please take a breath. Please take a pause. Meditate. Pray. I've been in my devotionals way more lately. Um, So yeah, just preserve yourself. Like, And don't feel guilty, like I said, for just listening to some music that's not about pro-black or watching a baking show that has nothing to do with slavery. Like, you're, it's okay to, like, keep your normal routine while still shouting Black Lives Matter. Like, that's what I'm doing. Both of them matter to me, my mental health and black lives. So just keep that in mind. Last thing I wanted to talk about, though, was... um Oh, that's not even the last thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to mention rubber bullets. Um, I've been seeing a lot of this lately on social media, and I didn't even know what they were. I genuinely thought that they were small, bullet-shaped pieces of rubber. Turns out they're not that at all. Rubber bullets are huge, number one, and it's kind of a misnomer. They're not really rubber at all. I mean, they have some rubber parts. So I just wanted to read you guys this article. Uh, Again, referencing Fast Company. Shout out to Fast Company. Um, I'm proud to work for a company that's, you know, talking about what matters and writing about important things. So this article is called The Lethal History of Rubber Bullets and Why They Should Never Be Used on Peaceful Protesters. Um, The deck is rubber bullets fired on protesters can kill. So why are we using them? This is written by Mark Wilson. I'm just I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I'm sure you guys have seen those gruesome pictures of people with their eyeballs hanging out because they've been shot by rubber bullets like. Rubber bullets were not meant to be shot at people point blank. Um, Let's see. I wanted to 
read this little part. Okay. He says the name of it is a misnomer. These kinetic energy rounds are rarely made of rubber these days, and some even have metal components, just like conventional bullets. Most are actually shot from grenade launchers, though shotgun rounds are also popular, and rounds are even made for rifles and pistols. Instead of piercing the skin, the rounds are meant to strike someone with blunt force, incapacitating them like the swing of a baton, but from afar. I also saw some other things that rubber bullets were supposed to be shot at the ground and bounce up and just like hit people in the leg and make them fall down. It wasn't supposed to be shot at somebody's face. So can we stop using rubber bullets? Can we stop using pepper balls? By the way, using pepper balls isn't any better than using tear gas. And you're using tear gas in the middle of a pandemic that attacks the lungs. Like what the fuck are we doing out here? Well, we already know that our leadership is mental. Our leadership is mentally incapacitated. So make sure y'all vote. And not just in November, in these primaries. I live in New Jersey. Our primary is July 7th. So make sure y'all get out there. Um, The last thing I wanted to read to you guys was my little final tip here. I saw this on Tumblr. I think it originally came from the Boston protest. It was a flyer that said how to be an ally at a rally. And I think this is so important because white people, they're marching by our side. That's great. But... um. They don't really know what to do, right? So if you're non-black and you're listening to this, this is how you can be an ally at a rally. This is specifically if you're at a protest. Number one, amplify black voices. Don't lead chants. Make space for black folks to lead chants. Number two, don't post photos or Instagram live with protesters' faces because, you know, that could put them at risk. Protesters face repercussions if they are identified. So blur out the faces. Number two, be a physical barrier. So I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen that video of the um, teenage white girl standing in between police officer and um, a black boy. And that's because, you know, your body and your privilege create distance between black people and the police. They're like they're less likely to harm you. Um, number four, don't provoke or antagonize the police. You know, that's not what we're here for. And in the end, a black person will probably face retaliation for what you're doing. Um, number five, don't police or tone down black protesters, just period. Don't tell them how to act. Number six, if someone is getting arrested, ask their name and birth date, share this information with organizers so they can be bailed out. Number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, sorry. (laughs) Stay on message. Don't use a black lives matter protest to push another agenda or cause. That's super important. This is about black lives matter. This is not about this is not about anything else. I was going to try to give an example, but let me just shut up. Um, so yeah, those are how tips on how to be a white or non-black ally at a rally. Um, also, it's June, so I do want to say happy Pride. We just have a lot going on right now. Pride, Black Lives Matter, coronavirus. Um, and we just have to stick together because, as I mentioned before, white people don't care if you're educated, if you make six figures, if you're black, if you're... Hispanic, if you're other, gay people, talking about you too, if you're other, rights, white cis males do not care. They'll kill anybody. So keep that in mind. Well, this has been another episode of Young, Black, and Opinionated, you know, a little bit different from my other episodes, but the world is looking different right now. Um, So I want to thank you guys for sticking with me, listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you rate and review. 
and follow on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. And you can always follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Miss Chris D. That's M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E. And I will be back next week with a brand new episode. Bye.